0: Hello and welcome to the Nobody Likes Casey McClain podcast. This is Casey McLean. I'm recording this on Friday evening. Friday at like 10 o'clock. 10.01 to be exact. And the reason I'm doing that is because I'm entering. So starting next week will be four out of five weeks that I'm working. Three of those weeks uh, I will be on the road this upcoming week. I'm going to Montana. I've talked about it a lot on the podcast. Um... I'm getting my booster shot tomorrow, by the way. That's another reason is I don't know how I'm going to feel tomorrow. I don't know what it's going to look like for me to record tomorrow. Oh, That was pretty gross. I don't know what it's going to look like for me to record tomorrow. And uh, I'm going to bring my podcast stuff to Montana with me, but I don't know... I'm staying with my friend, Alex Kaufman. I actually originally had an Airbnb rented and then he, um, he's moving into a new place. So I'm staying with him and, um, I don't know. I mean, do you like, how do you talk? You tell someone like, Hey, shut the fuck up in your own living room. I got to do a podcast by myself in here. I'll probably have Alex on the podcast if uh, if time permits. I know he has a day job and so if it doesn't uh we won't. But They're going to be really fun shows. If you have uh if you have friends in Montana, have them come on out. I know Montana by the way. I'm getting my booster shot tomorrow in small part because Montana's getting fucking ravaged by COVID right now. I think it's I mean one of the hottest spots in the uh in the country right now. So I am um, I'm getting my booster shot. It might not be, it's not going to be like fully kicked in, right? What do they say? It's like two weeks. I'm getting I'm my third Moderna. I debated mixing and matching, but I everything I read didn't convince me that that was good or bad. So I'm just getting the same thing, more of the same creature of habit. And my habit now is to get the goddamn Moderna vaccine. I still don't really care if other people get it. I've seen just continued criticism of these people choosing to, um, choosing to lose their jobs over vaccine mandates. And like I said, I'm I'm fully vaccinated. I have a third shot. I'm getting a third shot tomorrow. I'm uh, I think the data suggests that the vaccine is good and working and et cetera, et cetera. I think it's very low risk but i mean there's a lot of things that the data suggests that don't support like say liberal causes and i and i just for me personally i i try really hard to just be fair to just be a free thinker and i can't just allow myself to fall into this like the joy of shitting on someone else, of denigrating somebody else, I disagree with the people who are um, who are choosing not to take the vaccine because they don't think it's safe, or because they don't think it's effective. It very obviously, by the data, is effective. And both sides, um, both sides selectively deny the data. No doubt about that. I think to me, data is the data is our north star, and that's maybe it's just because that's how my mind works. That's my my day job kind of centers on data i deal with data a lot in my life data is nonpartisan by nature data itself is nonpartisan. now it can be used to manipulate people in a partisan manner and i think it's again it's being done to do that on it's being used to do that on both sides by the way i'm i'm starting my third beer and i've realized as i get old i've been cutting i drink so much less than i did just like a couple years ago I'm probably I'm probably at like seven beers a week now, and it's concentrated into a couple days usually. And um, a couple weeks or a couple months ago, a couple years, jeez, a couple years ago, I was probably more like um, like twenty beers a week. I mean, I've never had a, a period of my life where I haven't been able to like. You know i've never had the shakes i actually have zero of that i've probably talked about this on the podcast before but i have zero of the like i'm depressed let's go drink off this depression or i'm grieving or i'm stressed i like to drink when i'm happy i like to drink when i'm uh, celebrating just and not it doesn't have to be an event it doesn't need to be a a big thing like that but that is the time that i like to drink and so I'm happy right now. My comedy career is going great, though there is obviously some stress of, um, well, there's always stress of like not feeling like you're actually booked enough. Because I look at December and I have some good dates in December. Let's talk about the dates, everybody. Let's do the plugs. Let's do the plugs. It is time for the plugs. October 27th through 30th, I've been talking about it for a long time. If you're listening to this when it comes out, tomorrow. October 27th. I will be in Townsend, Montana, Thursday, Billings, Montana, uh, the Friday, the 29th, Helena, Montana at the Rathskeller and Saturday, we close it all out at last best comedy club in Bozeman, Montana. It's going to be, it's going to be a fun time. Come on out to those. If you live in Montana, tell a friend in Montana, please. (sighs) Ah. I am excited to go to Montana. I'm excited to go do, you know, four headlining sets. It's going to be very exciting. I love, I'm actually at a point where I feel like, I I mean, I'm going to record this, this chunk of material hopefully in the next couple months. Maybe it's in Montana. Maybe that's where we get the, the great recording, but I want to record this, this chunk of material and I'm I'm at a point where I feel like I have enough new stuff that's working decently that I could still fill 45 or 50 even after I dump this 20 or so out of my act. And I think I've talked about this ass-eating joke too much on this podcast, and I'm thinking I might throw that bad boy into the into the content because I think I've decided the the only reason I wouldn't is because I mean, I feel like it's a closer. It's I've been using it as a closer. I have two jokes that kind of operate as closers. Uh, one of them is I have a joke about visiting my friend in Atlanta, and then I have a joke about uh, how I don't eat ass. And those two jokes I think are are like the closers that I have. And I guess. This chunk of material, I have a decent closer for it, but I could throw this other. I think like this is some material that could be like um, an iconic joke of mine, potentially. So I'm gonna do. I might. I might throw that on the back end, or come see me, and uh, I will certainly be performing it. If I don't put it on this, this, I'm gonna call it an EP because special is way too crazy. An album, it's not really long enough to be an album, but it's gonna be available. My plan is to put it out as free as possible. And what I need from you is to just share it, just, uh, share tracks, share clips, share the entire thing, tell people to listen to it. I don't want anyone to pay any money for it. Of course, uh, if I got some money from Spotify or YouTube or whatever, because it got enough views, that would be great. However, um, for now, uh, I'd, My biggest interest is to have as many people as possible see my stand-up so they will come out. That's kind of the way that I feel like. I know there's a lot of comics out there talking about where they think the comedy business is going. And to me, I think um, for me to be full-time at comedy, uh, it's not a secret on this podcast. I have a day job. For me to be full-time at comedy, I need to make more money each weekend. I don't think I can be the guy that's um that's working 48 weekends a year. I don't think I my marriage can handle that. And I probably ultimately ultimately I'd like to make a little bit of money off podcasting and maybe a little bit of money off of uh digital content and shit like that. Like absolutely I'd like to make money through multiple channels, but I think that for me the the way that makes the most sense, the easiest, most clear path to income is performing live shows. And that's the thing that I like doing the most. I enjoy doing this podcast, but the thing I like doing the absolute most is performing live shows. So please come out. Every Wednesday I'm doing a show at uh, Airport Tavern in Tacoma and by every Wednesday, I mean next week, Todd Royce. My friend Todd Royce is taking over the room. Uh, he's doing his show, Todd Royce and Friends at Airport Tavern. So check that out. Uh, that'll be a fun time. That's October 27th. And then December 3rd, I'll be back. December 10th, no show. There's uh, there's another event at Airport Tavern that day. December 17th, I'll be hosting for past podcast guest, Monica Nevy. Uh, Mike Coletta, another buddy of mine, is opening. It's going to be a pretty fun show. So, coming out for that. And then, uh, December, so November 11th and 12th, I will be, so November November 10th, I'm going to try to be at Helium Comedy Club. I still need to get in contact with them, but Helium Comedy Club in Portland. I talked to my friend, uh, my friend. I, I hate saying friend because it feels, I'm friendly with Joe List. Also, Joe List is my favorite comedian. It's surreal to me that, uh, you know, we've managed to, I was actually, by the way, I was, uh, I have a friend in comedy who is like, we're like actually friends. Like I talked to him on the phone today and he's like uh, relatively um, accomplished, certainly not famous. And I thought about it. I was like, I, I, so there's, I have like a great, I've been very lucky, the friends that I've been able to make and the people who I'm friendly with, the people who were like mutual follows on social media or who I have their phone number, who, um, you know, like I said, I talked on the phone with my buddy this today and, um, Joe List is not, I wouldn't say that's, I'm very sensitive about the word friend because I love Joe List's comedy and I like, I get along very well with Joe List We're mutual follows on social media. I don't know if I'd say friend. However, I did ask him if I could do a guest spot at Helium Comedy Club on November 10th and he said yes as long as the club's into it. So, it's Russian Roulette folks, if you don't like Joe List, but you do like me, which would be absolutely insane of you to make that decision, still come on out to uh to Helium Comedy Club in Portland, Oregon. It's going to be it's going to be a fun time. Um So November 11th and 12th, I will be at uh, this casino in Lincoln City, Oregon. I don't even know what it's called, to be honest with you, but it's uh, Lincoln City, Oregon. It pays fantastic. I get a hotel room. I'm bringing my wife. We're leaving our daughter at home. It's going to be an absolute blast. Um, Very fun time. It'll be a very fun time. And then uh, November 18th through 20th, I will be opening for Andy Woodhull at Tacoma Comedy Club. And then November 27th through 29th, I think, I will be opening for J.P. Sears at Spokane Comedy Club. December 17th, I will be at the Historic Roxy Theater in Bremerton, I believe. I don't actually understand what the show is. Um, Uh. I got asked to The burping thing is a very Mark Norman thing, by the way. And just know know that I know. I get it's not my bit. It's just uh, I'm I'm actually drinking right now. The Roxy Theater Show is, they want me to go up last, which is fine. That's an honor. And then they want me to show up an hour before the show starts. And I can just tell you, those two things aren't happening. Not, (laughs) both those things aren't happening. I could show up an hour early and go up first or I could, uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I actually have another show tentatively booked um, for earlier in the night. I will be probably doing a guest spot in front of Gabriel Rutledge at Laugh's Comedy Club in Seattle that night, December 17th. Um, and then uh, December 30th, 31st, and January 1st, I'm opening for Steve Renizzisi, at Summit City Comedy Club in Fort Wayne, Indiana. It's it's very exciting. Uh the club is I don't even know if they're I think they're open. No, maybe they're not even open yet. Maybe they open in November. Actually, let me look that up. That's that's uh but I it'll oh I threw my phone away so that I wasn't distracted by it. Um I don't think they're open yet. It's gonna but when I go there, it's still gonna be a very new club and I'm doing New Year's Eve there. It's going to be very exciting. I'm excited to work with Steve Renazzisi. I'm excited to be in this new club, be in this new area. By the way, flights are so fucking expensive during that time. I guess people travel for New Year's. I didn't think they were traveling to Fort Wayne, Indiana, but I guess they travel for, I guess that's because, you know, you got to pay the pilots and the flight attendants and, and all those folks a little bit extra, probably a little bit of holiday pay. Um all right, let's talk about let's talk about uh this the continued fallout from this Dave Chappelle special. So there was a an expected walkout at Netflix over this special. Um Ted Sarando, I think is it Ted Sarandos? Whoever the president of Netflix is came out in support of the special, in support of putting the special up, in support of Dave Chappelle. I actually haven't read it, but I heard that he walked the the comments back a little bit, but (sighs) he supported Dave Chappelle. That's great. That's good news for comedians. That specifically is good news for comedians. And then this walkout occurs and I, it's, there's a little part of me that's like, I just, this is why I, it's the same. If you're, if I have to be consistent, if the thing is to be consistent, I supported Colin Kaepernick nonviolently protesting um, police violence against black people in the NFL. I support, I actually support these guys putting their actual income on the line to against vax, uh, vaccine mandates. And in fact, I think I heard today that there's some speculation that Kyrie Irving actually does have a vaccine or was vaccinated, but is, um, is holding out. I, by the way, that's probably not true, but that he's holding out because, or he's, uh, he's choosing not to give his proof of vaccination as a, out of principle. I like principle. Okay. And one of my principles is there's almost nothing that I won't accept nonviolent protest on. So if people want to have a walkout at Netflix, more power to them. I mean, be be the, what is that? Be the change you want to see in the world, right? That's a Gandhi quote. That guy uh, turns out had a thing for kids or something like that. But uh, be the change you want to see in the world. And I think that's part of that is when you have an opportunity to, to speak. If you believe in free speech you should believe in these people's opportunity to protest their employer again these are people who are putting their potentially putting their own employment on the line um do i disagree with them of course i do that doesn't mean that i i don't want to revel in their and, by, and the other thing that happened is there was some speculation this protest was going to be thousands of people and it turned out to be like dozens of people and even to bulk the numbers up, to pad the numbers a little bit, they said that some people, uh, some people walked. They stopped doing their, <laughs> they stopped their remote work, their work from home. They stopped at noon, which is so goddamn funny that that's being counted as a protest. the The fucking bar, the threshold for what makes you an activist these days, is absolutely fucking zero. This is why I respect these people that are losing. Uh, losing their incomes over what they believe in, even if I don't believe in it. I said this, uh, I've said stuff like this before, but this, there's a specific Seattle uh, journalist, sports journalist, who's, he's like, as a fucking supposed objective journalist, is literally just calling the coaching staff at Washington State University stupid. While, by the way, while, uh, There's, I mean, actually, I don't know. I don't know what, are are players, do players have to be vaccinated? I have no idea. I guess to go back to college, you might have had to be vaccinated. But, the, the, like, ah, it's just so, it's just so annoying. People are so annoying. They, I, I'm, uh, I consider myself left of center, but it's so goddamn embarrassing to affiliate yourself with one actual partisan side at this point in the world. Uh, so the Netflix walkout, there was a comedian that that showed up with a sign that said, "Like Dave Chappelle is funny, maybe jokes are funny." He was supporting Dave Chappelle. Immediately, of course, this nonviolent protest. This is where I have a problem. The nonviolent protesters uh, ripped the sign out of his hand. They tore the sign apart. And then, while well, he's by the way, holding the 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 pole, the dowel that the the sign was on. They said that he had a weapon. They turned it into a weapon. It used to be a fucking sign. It used to be a, it used to be a protest and now it's a weapon. Um, and then, a, a person, a couple people were yelling at him. One person was yelling, repent motherfucker, which really, by the way, it goes into, they said, repent motherfucker, shaking a tambourine, repent motherfucker. By the way, they should watch, uh, they should watch Chris Rock special tambourine. I'm sure they would love it. Uh, Shaking a tambourine and yelling, repent, motherfucker, repent, motherfucker, repent, motherfucker. This is at the beginning of this uh, of this pandemic. I think actually a little bit before I, I I think I coined what I believe is a new term, which is I call this like. This like anti free speech woke mob. There's things that I'm by the way, like, I don't think it's bad to be woke. That's the other thing. But I especially think it's not bad to be – again, if you believe in something and you're nonviolent, whatever. But there are these – some of these folks are the new Puritans. That's what I call them, the new Puritans, which is – I mean, even the repent motherfucker thing is a tough – but it's like everything is justifiable, is justified by the end, right? Like that's the – the end justifies the means. This is the thing where, like, Larry Elder, a black man, has a woman in a gorilla mask uh, throw a fucking egg at him. A white woman in a gorilla mask throws an egg at a black man, and that woman is not fucking... We don't even know who that lady is at this point. She's completely out of the news cycle. How long were we talking about those fucking Covington kids? was Covington kids getting rich off of bad journalism by the way you got to be a dork at that age to be super into politics anyway by the way um and what kind of fucking i like i agree with, i think that they were right in that they they were not the ones the Covington kids did not cause the problem on the day when they were there was the the protest and i don't know the kid's name but the the kid with the smirk they were um they were not the ones that instigated the problem, but these fucking parents infecting, I don't, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I guess like, I guess your parent, your kids ask what you believe to guide what they believe. So I don't know, but it felt a little bit, that whole thing felt a little bit like the parents were like, let's go throw our kids out there as, as bait to go, to go protest against. It was like a pro-life type protest. Um, we're getting slightly off topic. I think that, uh, oh, the other thing was, so I think that the protest, like the, the walkouts fine. It's good. It's good. It's a better, it's better than burning down the building. It's better than, uh, it's, we don't, we don't want to see violent protest. And so this is, that's a good alternative. If you believe in free speech, you should believe in that. And by the way, if you believe in free speech, I think you should also believe that Dave Chappelle has the right to say what he said, and a, but also potentially face consequences, right? Like, um, I support Dave Chappelle. I thought he was funny. I think he's the, one of the best comedians ever. He's not always my cup, but uh, yeah, I, I just like, if you're, as the kids say, keep that same energy, right? Like, <sighs> If you think Dave Chappelle deserves free speech, these people walking out of their jobs also deserve free speech. Um, uh, Alec Baldwin uh, shot and killed a person on his comedy set. And it was with a a blank gun. It's very tragic, by the way. Like, it is truly sad. It is a real testament to like so people are making jokes about it on social i am go you can go check my timeline i have uh i have some i have a couple of jokes that's what comedy's for i mean i guess we're not like it's white woman killed by alec baldwin first off alec baldwin just becomes the story this woman's like erased (laughs) but uh but yeah this is like what comedies for us to take tragic events. It's one of the things that comedies for us to take tragic events and uh, make light of them. To kind of also examine, by the way, like our all of our, I think the thing about it is to examine all of our insignificance, meaning each one of us to the world is pretty insignificant. I had that this feeling when I, I was in New York one time, and I remember watching, I was walking through uh, Chinatown with my wife, And I remember watching just like these elderly Chinese women carrying groceries or whatever they're like coming home with groceries. These are like, I mean, these women got to be in their 80s or 90s. And I just remember thinking, like, there's just so much fucking humanity on these streets. There's so many people, there's so much humanity. That this woman, this 90-year-old woman who, if she lived in Alabama, ironically, maybe she would experience some sort of racism at some point in her life, but probably there'd be a fucking strapping young man helping her with her groceries at some point. And in New York, man, people are it's everybody's trying to survive. So this 90-year-old woman just has people passing her while she's holding bags of groceries and it's like you can't stop for her cuz there's 58 90-year-old women carrying groceries. She's in a line. It's like a like a human centipede of <laughs> of grandma's carrying groceries. Each one um putting groceries into the next one's bag. Pretty pretty rough analogy. Uh and oh man, how did I get there? How did we get there? Oh, the insignificance. That's kind of, to me, the the like point of comedians. One of the points of comedians is to point out our insignificance as people, as the human race. And of course, humans have an impact on the world. I know the book could I know. I know. I know. I agree. I know. But each one of us individually is not that significant. And yet, each one of us individually grew up with a family, has a mother and a father, has a uh, or two, you know, has parents, whatever the has family, like, that's the thing that we, when we, uh, talk about the Middle East, for example, we talk about, I mean, fucking like 600,000, is it 600,000 Afghanis died? I think, I think in, uh, in Obama's presidency, I believe, or in his final four years, I think there were something like, like 60,000 or 80,000 civilian Iraqis were killed by the United States military, which obviously pales in comparison to 9 11 or any other domestic attack. Like, the and we get really used to just thinking of those people as like this is a, just a casualty, this is just a statistic. But they're not just statistics. Of course they're not. They have families. They have feelings. They had aspirations that have been fucking wiped out. And so, uh, yeah, this is kind of like also, by the way, I get a little bit sick of the celebrating when a conservative or an anti-vaxxer dies. I'm a little sick of that. And I I don't think it's justifiable by like, well, if they didn't want to do it, like, Okay, is that does that mean that that like if if that's the path we want to go down, the like this was preventable, so your death is a fucking now. I'll I will I will uh, amend that slightly, which is if you get shot on set by Alec Baldwin, I'm gonna make some fucking jokes, but I'm not gonna. It's very obviously tragic. This person died, and that is a difference. Is. I'm not, I'm, I'm acknowledging here that it's fucking tragic that this, this woman died because Alec, and I don't know if Alec Baldwin did anything wildly irresponsible that, that, uh, uh, you know, that I don't, I mean, it seems like he probably shouldn't have been shooting a fucking gun at, while it's pointed at somebody. I'm not a big gun guy, but I did learn gun safety growing up. I was a boy scout. My dad is a gun owner. I guess I'm technically a gun owner. I have a couple... I got some guns on me. No, I got a... I have a safe with some old hunting rifles and my grandpa's in it. Don't break into my house and steal them, by the way, because I'm coming after you if you do. Um, And that's like one of the first things you learn is don't point a gun at anything that you don't plan on shooting. And so... Yeah, I mean, and it doesn't matter. If it's a blank gun, if it's a BB gun, if it's a a gun if it's a fucking water gun whatever like don't point a gun at somebody that you don't plan on shooting is like again like one of the first rules um but i'm gonna make some fucking jokes about it i'm making some fucking jokes about it um i think i'm getting pretty i guess i guess the last thing that i want to talk about is just how much worse of a sports fan i'm becoming i've started to realize this as i As I, uh, I'm in my mid thirties, which means that I am creeping up on 40 and, uh, I watched like, I don't know, the last two seasons, I probably watched like, I don't know, 30 innings of Mariners baseball. (laughs) Part of it is because I cut the cord, uh, near the beginning of the pandemic and I, I believe that I I think Fubo TV is the first and only platform that is streaming Root Sports. So next year, I will very likely have Fubo TV, and I will be able to watch Mariners baseball and Kraken hockey. And uh, but I've watched like you know a quarter a quarter a fucking period of of uh, Kraken hockey since the regular season started. I have the Washington Huskies football team, by the way, Pac 12 network. Don't get that, but that's on Fubo TV also. Uh, I haven't watched that. I kind of am, I've kind of resigned myself to as a sports fan where I used to be mostly a baseball fan, more baseball fan than anything else. I think I'm an NFL football fan now. It's just easier to manage in your life. One game a week, 16 weeks a year. And by the way, by the end of this season, I might not have to care about it all that much anyway. I will always root for the Seahawks. I will always root for the Mariners. But would it have been worth it for me? Would it have been worth, like, the, the difference in what I was paying in cable? It would have been, like, $3,000 difference in the last two years to be able to watch this Mariners team um, and not really still be able to watch them all that much because I'm gone for shows a lot and because... I'm, you know, trying to be a, a caring husband. That's making up for the time that he spends away from his family. Now, I probably would not have watched that much Mariners baseball, and to spend three thousand dollars on that seems pretty fucking stupid to me. Which is exactly like most sports fans. There's a, and I don't mean stupid in a denigrating way. There's like a, there's an irrationality to being a sports fan, and I guess I'm losing that. Um, irrationality college football. It's like, uh, uh, the Husky, I'm a Washington Huskies fan and they're like, one, they're not good, but two college football is just going to be different. It's just going to keep getting different from what I, what I knew. And I think it's actually for the good. It's hard to argue that the transfer window is anything but ethical this like transfer pool thing that they're doing. Uh, But it also makes it hard to be like, I mean, college sports probably just got to fucking go right. Like college football, especially this. I mean, there's never the, the argument for players not being eligible at 18 is exclusively one in favor of the billionaires that own NFL teams. But also with all that we know about how short an NFL career is, and how physically damaging and demanding it is, yeah, it's not as bad in college, but some of these guys are taking the same fucking hits, taking the same injuries, and it's honestly, to me, not justifiable to not only not pay these guys, but to stop them from going pro whenever they want to as adults. It's changing. Sports are changing. It's weird, but... um I'd still watch it. I don't have the I don't have the channel. And I probably won't when I do get the channel, I probably won't watch it as closely as I uh, as I used to. The only chance I have is if I get to become a full time comic. And then I'll have a lot more time during the week to do shit like watch baseball. And to do shit that's like uh that helps my wife out, that makes it so that I could justify having some fucking some time in the yard some some tv control time give me some rec time lady all right uh this i don't have a lot left to talk about because nothing has happened i didn't have another uh audience member interaction that sucked only because i haven't encountered another audience since i last recorded a podcast so there could be more of that shit coming in montana uh montana seems like a little bit of a wild place i will try to get uh alex kaufman of bone dry comedy on Um, he's a friend of mine. I'm staying at his house, so it shouldn't be that difficult. There's a guy opening for us also, or a guy, uh, a guy hosting and, uh, maybe he'll be on it. Maybe we do like a little road, a little road, uh, road pod, but, um, I'm going to be riding in a car a lot also. So comedy's glamorous guys. I'm staying in the guest bedroom of a condo of my friend in Bozeman and he's going to drive us all over the place to, uh, to do comedy. For hopefully a pretty good profit. We'll see. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please come out and see. Because we got to do it on our own, folks. You've seen these YouTube specials. If you're a, if you're a YouTube or if you're a comedy fan, you you're probably aware of these YouTube specials. Some of the greatest comedians in the world are putting specials on YouTube. Sam Morrill, Mark Normand, Joe List. There's a guy named Mike Cannon who I who I interviewed for this I think it was for this no it might have been for a different podcast but that's the place comedians are doing it on their own and part the only way we can continue to do it on our own is if you come out to shows you pay for tickets you buy our merch all that stuff so come on out and do that Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you want to support this podcast, there's, I don't know, go to fucking anchor.fm. I'll eventually create a Patreon or a Substack. I created a sub stack by the way. I just have no fucking idea what to do with it. I don't really want to write that often. Would you, would you read it? Would you read if I, here's what I, here's my idea. Substack. you can do. Um, this is what I think. Is there's like I think there's tiers, so I have these nobody likes Casey McLean shirts. Uh, I want to give those to people who are like patrons or like a first. I think I have 150 shirts. I'd like to give those shirts to easily the first 150 people, and if 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 more people want them, we can maybe print more. But if I tell me what what app if you're if you're out there, tell me what app you use. If you support a Patreon, if you support a Substack what is the, the, because I would like to, this is what I, my dream for this podcast is at least one free episode all the time with ads. And then I'd like to do at least like all the Patreon. My idea is no ads. You get the podcast with no ads. You get one extra podcast a week which right now there's two coming on this, this feed you're listening to that might have to just be one. And then, and then the second one goes to the, uh, Patreon or Substack And then I'd like to write one per month, like a journal entry, blog post, whatever that is free to everybody. And one that is, you have to pay. So is that enough? What does that justify? Would you pay five dollars for that? Let me know because right now there's not enough there's not enough listeners to this podcast that I have any self-esteem that anybody would pay for that shit and it's so I gotta imagine it's fucking embarrassing to have a patreon with like one person on it that's gotta be embarrassing. So either way, uh, either just you know don't tell anything to me and tell your friends and let's grow the listenership so that eventually, I could start making some goddamn money off this podcast or, um, yeah, or tell me what you would pay. Tell me what's worth it to you. I've got a fucking buzz. Thank you for listening to this podcast and I will talk to you again soon.